again, it's a great blessing for me and my wife to be with you. And I'm very grateful for your hospitality and the love that we feel being among you uh, during this trip. Uh, and this morning, I'm going to continue. Uh, yesterday, we talked about the vision. We need to have a vision so that we can have a burden. Without a vision, there will be no burden. Uh, this morning, we talked about investment, investing uh, in, in the lives and in the mission field and in our lives. When we give to missions, we are investing in our eternal life. You know, we are saved. We are going to be with the Lord forever and ever. And it's very important what we do on earth for missions. This morning, I would like to talk about why should we or what sh why should we be involved in missions or what should motivate us uh, to be involved in missions. And I would like to read uh, the book of Romans chapter 10. I will be reading two verses, verse 14 and verse 17. Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 14 and verse 17. The, the Bible says, how then they call, uh, shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? In other words, what Paul is saying, there has to be a preacher. There has to be a missionary. Somebody has to go and preach the gospel, share the gospel, so that they can hear. And in verse 17, Paul says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. May the Lord bless his word uh, to our hearts. Now, uh, here are uh, in, in an article entitled, Declare His Glory, by Dr. Bud Calvert, who is a prominent preacher in America. He said that out of the 7 billion people who live on planet Earth, this is how we can divide the people. He said one in every five persons is a Muslim. One in every eight persons is a Hindu. One in every ten persons is non-religious. One in every twenty persons is a Buddhist. And he said two billions on planet Earth never heard the name of Jesus. When we look at this statistics, and we may, how staggering it is, when we look at these staggering figures, we realize that the need is great. And as we look at the great, how great the need is, we look at ourselves and say, we are a small church. You know, should we be involved? You know, uh, uh, we see ourselves as insignificant. And the question is, should we, what should motivate us to reach the world? What should motivate us to be involved in missions? And by the grace of God, this morning I'm going to give you uh, four reasons why we should be involved in missions. Number one, we need to be involved in missions because the Lord Jesus commanded us. The Lord Jesus commanded us. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. And Jesus said, We need to do three things as we reach the nations. Number one, he said, Disciple them. Number two, he said, Baptize them. And number three, he said, Teach them. Now it's interesting that in Mark chapter 15, 16, verse 15, the Lord Jesus used a different word in calling upon us to go into the world. He says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel 
to every creature. Now, it's interesting that in Matthew, Jesus said, go and teach them. But in Mark, Jesus said, go and preach. Now, is there a difference between teaching and preaching? The answer is yes. Actually, the two words complement each other and describe the mission of the church and the missionary. You see, teaching deals with doctrines, systematically dividing the word of God so that the believers can understand the doctrine and can discern between false teacher and true teacher of the word of God. But preaching deals with building the believers, edifying them, challenging them, rebuking them when they disobey the Lord and calling upon them to follow the Lord Jesus. If we look, we, we summarize the Great Commission, I would put it this way. Go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel to every nation and every creature. Well, someone will say, how can this be? We are a small church somewhere in Dublin. How can we reach the whole world with the gospel? Well, the answer, we see it in Philippi, the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 15. Paul says that the Philippians supported him. As a matter of fact, in 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1, verse 8, and 2 Corinthians, chapter 11, verses 7 through 9, we, we find out that these Macedonians actually were very poor, and they were persecuted. And even though they were poor and persecuted, they gave according more and beyond their abilities in order to spread the gospel. Actually, Paul described these people as giving in two ways. Number one, they gave according to their power or abilities. And number two, they gave beyond their power and abilities so that the gospel will reach not only Jerusalem, but the whole world. Well, what's the difference between giving according to your power and giving beyond your power. Well, let's go back to the New Testament. If you remember in the book of Acts, Paul was coming from Antioch on his way to Jerusalem. And Paul actually was a missionary. And on his way to Antioch, the Bible says he stopped in Phoenicia. Now, Phoenicia is my homeland. That's Lebanon. Probably Paul stopped in the city of Beirut where I was born. And then he went to Samaria, which would be the West Bank today, on his way to Jerusalem. And what did Paul do? I imagine he was speaking to congregation like this congregation, and he was sharing with them what God was doing among the Gentiles and how God is saving people. Now, how did the church react when Paul gave his testimony? The way you react when you hear about God's salvation among the people across the world. Now, I imagine at the end of the service, after Paul praised God for the salvations of souls, after he gave his testimony, I imagine one of the brethren in the church developed a burden on his heart for mission. And I imagine he comes to Apostle Paul and say, Brother Paul, I appreciate what you're doing for the Lord. Uh, you are reaching regions that we as a church here in, in Phoenicia, we cannot reach. And the Lord has burdened my heart. I would like to give you this 20 euros. I would like to give it to you. Please use it according to your need for the furtherance of the gospel. Well, when this brother took the 20 euros and gave it to Paul, did this require a lot of faith? The answer, not really. Did He gave according to his power. He already had this money with him and he gave it according to his power. 
But after giving him the 20 euros, this brother looked at Apostle Paul and said, Brother Paul, I believe in what you're doing. And I believe that God is using you in that part of Europe. And I, the Lord is burdening my heart. I would like to give you 100 euros. But Brother Paul... I don't have this money with me right now. However, I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. And as soon as the Lord give me that 100 euros, I'm going to give it to you. You see, the, the 20 euros were given according to his power. But the 100 euros that will come later require faith and trust in the Lord. And that is what is grace and uh, grace giving uh, and faith, faith giving. So as you reach your Jerusalem... You support missionaries, and these missionaries will reach the world with the gospel. Number one, we need to be involved in missions because the Lord Jesus commanded us. Number two, we need to reach, uh, reach missions because of the necessity. Because of the necessity. Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 9 says, he says, I say the truth. In Christ, I lie not. Then he says, my conscience also bear me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have a great bird, a burden, great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart for I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. Now this is, this describe the heart of the missionary. Apostle Paul had a heart for his kinsmen. And in Romans chapter 10 verse 1 says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. You see, that's the heart of the missionary. That's the heart that we need to have as we look, as we leave this building and look at the world against us. Actually, the Bible gives us a picture of the unsaved, several pictures of the unsaved. Number one, the Bible says that the unsaved are blind. They are, the unsaved are blind. The devil has blinded the eyes of the unsaved so that they may not come to the truth. When I was a teenager living in Lebanon, the Lord uh, uh, gave me an opportunity to minister to the blind people. Uh, there was a blind school, school for the blind near our home. And I was, what an honor it was for me to work among the, these people who were blind. You know, as I ministered to them, I noticed that God blessed them with, with unbelievable insight and gift. One of them would go to the American University of Beirut. He never needed even to learn, to review his lesson. He had a photo, photographic memory. He would listen to the lecture, then go back and take the test and make an A on the test. But I noticed that the, uh, the, the person who is born blind, he is limited. He is limited. For example, he, does, he cannot see the light. He cannot see colors. You tell him, I'm wearing a blue, a blue jacket. He doesn't know what blue is. He, he doesn't understand beauty. He doesn't understand shapes. You tell, talk about the trees. He cannot imagine uh, the trees. In other words, a blind person is very intelligent, but because he, he, there is a whole creation of God that he cannot comprehend because he never saw it. The same thing with the unsaved. The unsaved 
can, uh, can be intelligent, uh, can talk about computers and uh, all kinds of technology, but when it comes to the new creation of God, being born again, he is blind. He doesn't understand how to be born again because he is blind. Another picture the, the Bible gives us is the picture that men are dead. Bible says that men are dead in trespasses and sin. Now, dead man has no life. He cannot do good things to please God. One may say I am better than the others because I am baptized, or because I give to charity, or because I go to church, or because I help the poor, or because I am a good citizen, and because I don't do, because he does do all these ethical and good works, he may be better than the criminal, but he's still dead. He is still dead. You know, Jesus uh, raised the three persons from among the dead. He, Tab- Tabitha was, died a few hours before she regained life. The young man of Nain was one day old before Jesus gave him life. And Lazarus was four days old, dead, when Jesus gave him life. Now, can Tabitha say, I am better than Lazarus because I am less decayed than Lazarus? The answer is no. She is as dead as Lazarus. A dead person has no life in him. So, you know, in order for the blind, in order for the blind to see God's creation, he must hear the word of Christ. And when Jesus opened the eyes of the blind, then he can understand colors and beauty and shapes. The same thing spiritually. When God opened the eyes, the heart, the the eyes of the unsaved, then that person can see God's new creation. When God, you know, God, when, when Lazarus heard the word of Christ, and the word of Christ gave him life. You see, the world needs the word of Christ in order to get to receive life. Question, question. Do we have the word of Christ today? Do we have the word of Christ today? The answer is yes. You see, the same word that gave life to Lazarus, the same word that opened the eyes of the blind is still with us today. That's why we need to carry the word of God because the Holy Spirit uses the word of God to give life uh, to the people. Another fact about this word. You know, the Bible describes us as farmers. You know, take a bag of seed, put it on the shelf. Will, Will it produce life? The answer is no. You know, a bag of seed on the shelf will never give you life, give life. But take those seeds and plant them on the, in the soil. That seed will grow and give, you know, become a plant. You see, the word of God on the shelf will do nothing. You can put it for 100 years, will produce nothing. But take that word and reach someone with with the word of God, and plant that word in the heart of the unsaved, and God's word will produce life in that person. Why should we be involved in missions? Because Jesus commanded us to be involved. Number two, because it is necessary. Why is it necessary to go and evangelize the world? Because faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Number three, why should we be involved in missions? Because it's your destiny 
and my destiny. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, Paul says, For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me, if I preach not the gospel. Paul said that God saved me. He said, I have no choice but to carry the gospel into the world. You see, the privilege, the privilege of preacher preaching the gospel is given to human, human beings only. Do you know that? It is your privilege and my privilege to be ambassadors for Christ to carry the gospel into the world. Now, I imagine the angels in heaven go to the Lord Jesus and say, Lord, we, were, we know who you are. You are the God, the Son. You are the creator of everything. Lord, we were there when you were born in a manger. Lord, we were there when you made miracles. Lord, we were there when you carried the cross and went to Calvary. Lord, we were there when you died and buried and rose again. Lord, we know who you are. We know what you can do. Lord, send us to go into the world. And the Lord Jesus looked at the angels and said, No, I will not send you. I did not die for you. You see, the angels who disobeyed and sinned have no hope for redemption. And Jesus would look at the angels in heaven and say, I didn't die for you. I died for the mankind. And it is the duty of man to carry the gospel into the world. It's your duty and my duty to carry the gospel of Jesus into the world. Now notice in Romans chapter 10 verse 15, Paul says, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. You see, this is an amazing verse to me. Paul says how beautiful the feet of those who carry the gospel are beautiful. What, what does he mean by that? You see, what Paul is saying, not only our hands that carry the word of God are beautiful, not only our lips which utter the word of God are beautiful, but our feet is, are beautiful. Why our feet? Why are the feet of those who carry the gospel are beautiful? Because it is our feet that take us from one place to the other so that our hands will open the word of God and our lips would utter the words of the gospel. Paul says our feet are beautiful because it takes us from one door, one home to another. It crosses us over the oceans so that we can preach the gospel and tell the people about the good news. But Paul continues in verse 18 and says something even very interesting. He says, their sound, <coughs> their sound went into all the earth. And their words unto the end of the world. Now this is very interesting. Not only Paul says that our feet that take us from one place to the other are beautiful. But he says their voice reaches the whole world. Reaches the whole. How could this be? How could this be? Well here is the point. When your pastor preaches. Paul says your pastor is preaching the word of God. You see we as missionaries. Are, are going into the world to reproduce this church. We, have, we are preaching the same gospel. We have the same doctrine that this church has. So as your pastor preaching the word of God from behind this pulpit, missionaries all over the world is echoing the same sermon your pastor is preaching and preaching the same gospel all over the world. So Paul says their sound went into all the earth 
and their words unto the end of the world. You see, that's why as you reach your Jerusalem, you support missionaries who will go into the world and reproduce this church across the world, thus echoing the same gospel your pastor is preaching from, from here, from this pulpit. Why should we be involved in missions? Number one, Jesus commanded us. Number two, it is necessary. We have, we, it is necessary. Number three, it's your destiny and my destiny. And number four, we need to preach the gospel because it is our priority to preach the gospel. It is your priority and my priority in life to preach the gospel. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, Paul says, But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Paul is saying here that, that his priority in life, he has two priorities. Number one, he said, my priority is to finish my course. And number two, to testify of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was his two priorities in life. You see, God saved us. God adopted us. He sanctified us. He made us holy. God glorified us. Made us royal priesthood. Actually, he made us more. He made us kings and priests. And then the Lord gave us a very important mission. He said, I want you to go to the world and tell them, God has a message for you. God said, go into the world and tell them. God says, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red uh, uh, like crimson, they shall be as wool. Tell them that God commend his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Tell them that we are saved by grace through faith. Paul said that his priority is to finish the course, to testify of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why should you go? Why should you give sacrificially? So that for them to hear the gospel, so that missionaries and national pastors be able to reach them with the gospel. And then Paul look at the whole mission ministry and say, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, we are in debt we are in debt to the grace of God who saved us. We are in debt to give or go to reach the people with the gospel. Last night I, made, I had a quotation from Steve Jobs, uh, the co-founder of Apple Computer. You know Steve Jobs died right now. He, he's in eternity. But before he died, he wrote this. He said this. He said, I hope there is life after this life where I can use my talents. He said, I hope there is life after this life where I can use my talents. You know, when I read this statement in my heart, I said, I wish someone told him that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I wish someone went to Steve Jobs and told him that Jesus is the door to heaven. It is, it is our priority to reach the world with the gospel. Oswald Smith 
was a great evangelist. This is what he wrote. He said, any church that is not seriously involved in helping fulfill the great commission has forfeited its biblical right to exist. Another great man of God, his name is Robert Moffat. He said, I have seen at different times the smoke of a thousand villages. He said, villages whose people are without Christ, without God, and without hope in this world. City Stud said, some wish to live within the sound of the chapel bell. He said, I wish to run a rescue mission within a yard from hell. Who shall go? And who will tell them? Jesus said, go and reach the world with the gospel. A few years ago, as the Syrian crisis developed, there were many Syrians had to flee their homes and run away and became refugees. We had 40% of the Syrian people became refugees. And our church in Syria contacted me. They said, Brother Fegali, there are many people who lost everything. They need food. They need medicine. So what I did, I wrote a letter to my supporting churches and my partners in, in the Lord, Christian people in America. And I was able to raise $12,500. <clears throat> and you know, I was so excited that the Lord enabled me to raise $12,500. And I was in a church like this one, so excited, sharing with the people and say, thank the Lord. The Lord enabled us to raise $12,500 to reach these people and help them. And with the medicine and the food we give them, usually we give them the New Testament. Well, after the service, as I was so excited that I was able to raise the money, I was standing at the door shaking hands. And one brother came to me. He said, Brother Figali, when you were talking about raising aid for the Syrian refugees, he said, you sounded ridiculous. He said, you sounded crazy. I said, what do you mean? He said, do you know the need? He said, the Syrian refugees need billions of dollars of help. And you're excited that you raised $12,500? He said, Brother Figali, that $12,500 is insignificant in compare to the great need. Well, I looked at this brother. I said, you know, as I was shaking his hand, I said, you know, brother, you probably are correct. You probably are right. The need is, is great, is unbelievable. I said, but you see that person who received the medicine and the food and the New Testament? To him, uh, the aid was very significant. It may not be significant to the whole refugees, but it was significant to the person that we gave the medicine and the gospel who heard the gospel. How many people think the same way uh, right now? You know, people say, oh, you know, I want to give 50, 50 euros to missions or 100 euros to missions. You know, the, 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 the need is uh, so great to, in the mission field. My $50 may not, is not significant. It, it, my 100 euros is not significant. But you see that person who will hear the gospel because of your $50 or you, the $100 you're going to give every month to missions, that person, to him, your $50 or your $100 is going to be very, very significant. And you know, one more thing I would like to say, does mission money work? Does mission money work? You know, I don't need to answer this question. I wonder how many of you were saved when you came to Ireland. You were saved in your homeland before you came to Ireland. You know, you were saved 
because somebody cared for you and gave to missions and that missionary or national pastor preached the gospel, led you to Christ. Today you are a child of God. You have eternal life. I am so grateful for people like you who gave to missions and because people like you gave to missions, that missionary came all the way from America to Lebanon and in in Lebanon he rented a little place And in that church, he invited me and my family. And in that little church, we heard about the gospel. The missionary who came to Lebanon and led me and my family to Christ, today he is dead and in heaven. He passed away. He is in heaven. But guess what? He brought the gospel to Lebanon. But you know what I did? I took the same gospel and furthered it into the heart. Of darkness. You say, Brother Figali, we are a small church. We are insignificant to church. You are very significant to those people who, because of you, will hear the gospel and get saved. Let's bow our heads to pray. Paul said, How can they hear without a preacher? How can they hear without a preacher? There has to be a preacher. Somebody has to go there. Somebody has to carry the gospel and tell them that Jesus saves. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I wonder this morning, is there someone who will say, Brother Figali, I am not saved. I don't have, I'm not sure of my salvation. I would like to give my heart to Jesus. Would you raise your hand and put it down? I would like to give my heart. I would like to be saved this morning. I am not sure of my salvation. If I die tonight, I will go to hell. Is there someone who would like to say, I like to give my heart to Jesus? Would you raise your hand and put it down? Maybe the Lord spoke to you through the sermon, the message. Would you like to say, Lord, here am I, sent me? Would you like to say, Lord, let me be part of your great commission? I would like to give to missions, or I would like to surrender and be myself a missionary. If the Lord spoke to your heart, your pastor is here and other men can speak to you. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your love to us. Lord, you left heaven and traveled trillions and trillions and zillions of miles to come to earth and die on the cross in order to save us. Lord, thank you because you were God's missionary to us. Lord, help us to be ambassadors for you. Help us, Lord, to go and tell the people about your love and your sacrifice so that people will hear and be saved. Bless our pastor and his family. Bless the deacons and every member here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.